kids like you Maker of heaven Lord of the land And Lord of the sea Holy and true Faithful and able Lord of all time And eternity Let's pray Father, in the name of Jesus I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share your word with your people. I ask, O oh God, that you take over from me. Use me to bring forth your word, the word of life. And as thy word will be going forth, I ask that it will be accompanied by the healing power of Jesus, that as many as are under the sound of my voice, let them who are sick in their bodies receive their healing in the name of Jesus Christ. I surrender to you. Take over and do what only you can do for me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Okay, the topic, Christ the healer, I will want to start by reading my text. And uh, the text for this message is Acts Apostle chapter 10, from verses 34 to 38. Acts 10, 34 to 38. And I want to read from here. I'm reading uh, from NIV version. It goes this way. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sends to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Do you know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Actually, the verse I'm focusing on is on verse 38. And uh, looking at this verse 38, you will discover there are about three insights I want to highlight from this verse 38. Now, number one is that when it comes to divine healing, that the Trinity is involved. Just like in the work of creation, you discover that the Trinity, they were involved in the work of creation. And also in the work of redemption. Now, work that actually brought our salvation. You also discover that the Trinity actually were involved in that. So if you look at the scriptures I just read, that was studied, you discover the Bible said how God, so take note, God the Father, anointed Jesus of Nazareth, that is the Son, with the Holy Spirit and power, you will see the Holy Spirit mentioned. So you discover that three of them, they are involved in this project. They are involved in this matter of healing, of bringing divine healing to humanity. So just like I said earlier, if you look at Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2, you will notice the same thing talking about God created, you know? And now, in the beginning, God created. So I want just to read that scripture for us, uh, that Genesis 1, though we, I know many of us are familiar with that, but let me just also read. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light. So looking at this scripture, you will see God the Father, and then the Spirit, and then also the Word. You know, Jesus is the Word of God personified. So you will see, see the Trinity in manifestation in this place. Now, three of them came together, you know, for the creation 
to actually be possible. Now, each three of them also have come together for the issue of divine healing. I want to say that there is nothing that will stop you from receiving your healing since the Trinity also are involved in this matter. So I want to assure you that if you are sick in your body, just get ready to be set free from that satanic oppression in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, just like I said earlier, also, if you look at the book of First Peter, chapter 1, I also want to read. So when we come to the issue of the redemptive work of Christ, the redemption work of Christ, you discover that the Trinity also, they are also involved in that. First Peter chapter 1, if you read from verse, just verses 1 and 2, he said, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, take note, God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, have you seen the Holy Ghost there also, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. So you also see the Trinity at work here in the work of salvation. I just want to tell you that nothing will hinder you from being healed from every satanic operation. Now, this is the first insight I want to actually highlight. Now, the second one is this. Now, looking at our text, our text, that is same Acts of Apostles, chapter 10. Now, that's same verse 38. He said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and the how he went around. Now, you will see here there is a conjunction, the word and. Now, it is one thing to anoint a person. is another thing for that person actually to move into action and actually maximize the grace that have been bestowed on him. So here you will see the willingness of Jesus. That's my second point. Christ is willing actually to heal. He is willing actually to fulfill this assignment. So you see, and, and, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Now, his willingness to heal. As of that time, you know, he had not been glorified. So he was helping carrying, you know, the body. So as of that time, he had to go from one place to the other, to the other in order to give healing to people that needed it. Now, though at then it was stressful, but he wouldn't mind to trek. He wouldn't mind to trek the distance. Wherever somebody needed healing, he would also have to go. Now, you know, this time around, he need, don't need to trek. He don't need to travel from Jerusalem to Nigeria. Of course, he don't need to do that. Though we'll still come to that later. But I just want to show you his willingness to heal. And then he went about. You see, today there are so many that God had anointed, but so many of people are not maximizing the grace of God in their life. That is why the Bible says that we should not receive the grace of God in vain. But you see, Christ here was anointed, and also he had the willingness also to heal and to deliver those that are being oppressed by the devil. I also want to assure you that Christ is willing to heal you. No, many a times, devil brings doubts to our spirit as to whether he's willing, as to whether he will do it. You know, I remember that man that was suffering from leprosy that came to Jesus and then demanded for healing. But he put it this way, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me if you are willing. But immediately Jesus responded, I will. So I want you to see his willingness to heal. He has that will. He's ready. He wants to do it. It is pleasure to actually heal you and deliver you. So you can see from this scripture that he went about healing those who are being oppressed by the devil. So take note of that. He's willing to heal you and to deliver you from every satanic oppression in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, the third point I also want to highlight from here 
is the fact that you know if you read from King James Version, the last part of that verse, it says, He went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Now, the King James Version put it this way: it calls it oppression, who are being oppressed. So this one said, those who were under the power of the devil. Now, meaning that sickness is from the devil. Hallelujah. I want you to get this clear. It is from the devil. It is an oppression from Satan. It is satanic oppression. And because it is satanic oppression, I want you to know that God is ready and willing to break and destroy every satanic oppression in the life of the people. Now, don't forget, Jesus, uh, the Bible says in the book of 1 John, chapter 3, verse 8, he said, for this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, I want you to take hold of this. Sickness is from the devil. It's not from God. And if it's not from God, then God has come to actually destroy whatever is not of him. Now, remember also the scripture that says that whatsoever is not planted by God the Father, that Jesus talking, he said it must be uprooted. So I want you to see this fact that sickness in your body is actually satanic, it's from the devil. See it that way. Now, it will help you actually to build up your faith, you know, believing God, that God will intervene and also heal you from that. And I want to say, whether it is physical healing that you need, or physical, I mean, spiritual healing, or physical healing, or even emotional or psychological healing, you see, Jesus is out to deliver you from them all in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, we are looking at Christ the healer. So I want to say a few things concerning that name. Now, that is Christ, first of all. Now, the name Christ simply means anointed. Anointed. That name means anointed. And, uh, you know, it is actually the Greek word, you know, uh, 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 you know, the Greek translation of the word Messiah. Messiah, the word Messiah. It is the official title of the Lord. Now, it occurs 540, I mean, 14 times in the New Testament. 514 times in the New Testament. Now, I also want to name Jesus because we are talking about him, Christ the healer. Now, the name Jesus, as I know, many of us know, uh, the name Jesus is the Greek form of the word, you know, Joshua. Joshua. The word Joshua. Now, I also want you to know that Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, the one we're talking about now, the anointed one, is not the only one that actually bear that name. Now, in the, his own days, there were so many people that bore that name. So, because of that, there is a reason or you know the need that there will be a, a differentiation. So, it has to be differentiated from others. And that is why when we call the name, most of the times we say Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Sometimes in the Bible you read Jesus, son of Joseph. Now, you also see above all of these differentiative names, the other one which we what I want to talk about now is actually above all the other ones. That is Jesus Christ, the anointed, or Jesus Christ. That means Jesus, the anointed. So he is the one that God has anointed. I want us to look at the scripture. I'm emphasizing on this because it's very important. God has put his seal of approval on him. He is the one that has been anointed by God, actually to destroy the works of the devil in our lives. He's the one that has been anointed by God to actually heal you from every form of sicknesses. That is why the topic says Christ the healer, the anointed one, the one that has been anointed to heal. Now, you also see that from the text I read, how God anointed Jesus 
Christ of Nazareth, that he went about doing good, healing as many as have been oppressed by the devil. So you can see now that God himself anointed him. God himself set his seal of approval on him. He is the one that God has chosen, that through him, and then by the power in his name, that men all over the world, wherever you are, will receive their healing. So knowing this, we position you, that whenever you come to Christ, you know you have come to the right person, to the one that God has anointed to heal you. And I want to tell you, brethren, that you will be healed this evening. It doesn't matter what the problem is, because you calling on his name, you are calling on the name of the right person. Now, I want us to look at some scriptures. Now, in looking at John 6, verse 27, John 6, verse 27, I want to read that scripture. John 6, verse 27. Uh, John chapter 6, the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 27. Uh, the Bible says in that place, it says, um, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Now, though here, the scripture is talking about two kinds of food. The one that lasts forever, the one that is eternal, and the one that is not eternal, the one that when you eat it, it can last, you know, you eat it, it digests in your stomach, and then that's the end of it all. Now, Bible is telling us here, there are two kinds of food, but there is the one that the Lord Jesus Christ gives, and that one that is eternal, that lasts eternal, that is the one that Jesus Christ himself gives. God has put the seal on him. God has put his seal of approval that it is only from him that you can receive that kind of food that lasts eternal. Now, listen to me. My point here is, also, when it comes to healing, I also want you to know that God has put his word, seal of approval on him. That is through him that you receive your healing, the healing that will last. You know, there are people that go to different uh, places to receive healing different demonic uh, altars and deities and then fake prophets and all that. Now, I want you to know, the healing that will last when it comes to you is only the one that comes from Christ, the healer. The person that God has put his seal of approval on him. Now, I want to take it, get it clear. It's not a question of running here and there. You know, there are places you go and then remember the Slave girl in Acts Apostle chapter 16. That slave girl had the ability to tell people, you know, prophesy to people, tell them future things, things that are yet to happen in their lives, and things they don't know. But you see, she was operating with a satanic power. Though, you know, in the house of God, God actually many are gifted. Like Bible talking in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, talking about the, the works of the Holy Ghost in the life of believers. And one of the gifts that God gives to his people is the actual the issue of word of knowledge. So you can see that gift was manifesting, you know, you know, a supernatural power and a gift. But you see, that was not from God. That was from the kingdom of darkness. So there are also people that promise people healing. And then people run here and there. But it's possible that one can go to the wrong place. But I want you to know that it's only Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus Christ, the one that came from God, Jesus Christ, the anointed one, is the one that God has put his seal of approval on him. And by the grace of God, he is the one that we are talking about. He is the one we will cry unto. He is the one we will call on his name. And he will answer, he will deliver, he will heal in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, to further portray this point, I also want us to look at Acts Apostle chapter 2, verse 22. Now, if you look at Acts of Apostle chapter 2, verse 22, you will also see what the Bible says there. Let me read. Um, Acts Apostle chapter 2, 
uh, the Bible talk about Jesus, okay? Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. He is a man accredited by God. He is a man accredited by God. So we are talking about Christ the healer. We are talking about Christ the anointed, I mean, Jesus the anointed. The one that God has put a seal of approval on him. And God has approved him, anointed him for this cause. To bring deliverance, to bring healing, to set people free. And he is aware, conscious of this, when he was physically on earth. Remember what he said, you know, in Luke chapter 4, the day he entered into the synagogue in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Bible says, as he entered into the temple, into the synagogue, he took the scroll and opened it. And then opened where it is written, that the Spirit of God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, you know, to, to set the captives free. So you can see that he is also conscious of that. He is aware that the anointing of God is on him. The approval of God is on him to actually break the yokes of enemy, deliver people, and set the captives free. Brethren, I am saying to you this evening that Christ the healer will meet you wherever you are. And then whatever is operation of enemy in your life, by the grace of God, it shall be broken, it shall be destroyed, you shall be set free in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, as we you know, progress, I also want to look at what I call the, the three dimensions of Christ's healing ministry. Now, first of all, I want to look at you know, his healing ministry when he was here on earth, when he was doing his earthly ministry. Now, you will discover that when he was doing his earthly ministry, he had to move to, from house to house, from place to place, you know, uh, attending to people that are sick. Some of them will actually draw his attention. Some of them will not even draw his attention. He will actually show compassion and go to meet them. Now, he was going about, you know, healing people and delivering people from satanic oppression. I want us to look at some of these, uh, you know, some of these, um, you know, stories. For example, in uh, the book of Luke, chapter 13. Luke, chapter 13, from verse 10. Luke, chapter 13, from verse 10. Luke 13, from verse 10. Now, Luke 13, from verse 10, looking at that scripture, the Bible says, on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hand on her, and immediately she strengthened up and praised God. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus entered into the synagogue. Number one, you will notice, this woman didn't call on Jesus to heal her. But Jesus entered the synagogue, and then he cited on this woman, because he is so much aware of why he is here on earth. He is here to destroy the works of the enemy. So when he cited on this woman, he quickly called on the woman, comfort. And then the woman came to him. The Bible said that the woman here was under the oppression of what the Bible called the spirit of infirmities. And she had been on this for 18 good years. Now, she almost she always come to watch him in the synagogue. But at this very faithful day, it happened that Jesus also was in the synagogue that day. And citing on her, he beckoned on her, and the Bible says, Jesus said something. He said, once he came to him, Jesus said, woman, 
you are set free from your infirmity. And he put his hand on her, and the woman immediately strengthened up. Now, Jesus stretched out his hand on the woman, and then laid the woman, hand on the woman, the woman strengthened up. Now, I want to show you here his compassionate heart, his willingness to heal. And then he couldn't remove his eyes from that woman as he saw her in the synagogue. Now, I want you to know also that the eyes of Jesus are on you. And he can never remove his eyes from you if he has not done that which God has sent him to do in your life. And what is it? It is healing you and delivering you from the spirit of infirmities. Now, this woman had been under this operation for 18 good years. But you see, it didn't, it didn't take days. In fact, not hours. The Bible said that immediately the hands of Jesus came on her, the woman strengthened up. Meaning that the power of God came on her, the spirit of infirmities left, and then the power of God also strengthened her up. Now, as Jesus laid his hand on the woman, there was a transfer of power. Now, I want to tell you that Jesus, his hand will come on you. Jesus, his hand will come on you, wherever you are. And as he places his healing hands on you, I tell you that the spirit of infirmities will leave you. And then whatever may be the sickness, you will recover from it in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, that is one. I also want to look at Mark chapter 10. In Mark chapter 10, from verse 46, is also a familiar story to almost, I believe, every one of us. But I still want us to look at that story, Mark chapter 10. In Mark chapter 10, from verse 46, Mark 10, from verse 46, I read. The Bible said, then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Now, look at this scripture closely. You will discover that the first line, then they came to Jericho. It was in a plural form. Then they came to Jericho. Now, also, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, plural form, now we are leaving the city. Suddenly, the whole heaven now and the whole rest of the story now is being shifted on one man. Now, the governor said, a blind man, blind Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. The whole focus now is on one man. Though you have crowd around Jesus, though you have many around, and you see, they entered into Jericho. This man was sitting somewhere begging. Now, I don't know the distance that this people had followed him. I don't know from where, but they clustered around Jesus, and they followed him from somewhere else until they entered Jericho. But you see, the story, the focus is never on these people. The focus is never on any of them, but on this man that was sitting begging, a blind man. So, now, this one followed him, but the Bible says, when he heard, that's the blind man, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout when he heard. He didn't see him. Now, I want to believe that this man had heard so much about Jesus. He had heard so much stories about Jesus. And maybe within him, he had been praying. He had been desiring to see him. He had been saying to himself, which day will I see this man? Which day will I save my eyes? Which day will this man come around me? Which day will this man come close to me? And then that very day, when he heard the, you know, the, the sound of people you know, moving around, and then he noticed people were talking and shouting, and when he came to realize that it was Jesus that was passing, this woman, this man, sorry, opened up and then cried out, Jesus Christ, he said, when he heard that, it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So he cried out. He prayed. He cried out. Now, the other woman in the synagogue, 
you notice that the woman didn't call the attention of Jesus. But this one, you notice that he had to call on Christ. Now, he called on Jesus before Jesus could give him attention. But my focus this evening is on the effort of this man to gain the attention of Christ. Crowd, we are following. But it seems to me, it seems as if they were all satisfied following Christ. They were all satisfied seeing what he was doing in the life of others. They were satisfied you know, telling stories of miracles he performed in other people's life. So they were just following him for following sake. But this man who was desperate, who needed to you know, touch him, to, to experience his touch and power, this man could not keep quiet. Kai, I want to say to you this evening that you must cry out to God. And then as many as we call on his name, they shall be saved. So as you call on the name of Jesus, Christ the healer, this evening, I want to assure you that God will heal you, that God will respond to you. So this man cried, you know, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, look at this story. We see that many, the Bible said that many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, meaning that this man had a strong faith in the person that he was calling. Now, of course, he had a strong faith because if you look at the name he called him, he called him Jesus, the son of David. He went beyond Joseph the carpenter to the son of David. Now, that name, son of David, you know, is a prophetic name. Now, he took him down, showing that he believed that this is the Messiah. This is the one that God promised the Jews, that the one, somebody is coming. So he believed, he has put in faith in Christ as the Messiah, as the anointed one, hallelujah, as the anointed Christ, as the one that God has anointed to actually deliver them from satanic oppression. He understood this very well, though he was blind, but he had this understanding, he had this knowledge. So that was why when people say, keep quiet, he didn't heed to what they were telling him because he understood very well the personality he was calling on. He knew for sure, this is the Messiah. I want to tell you that Christ is our healer. So he now called him again, Son of David, have mercy on me. At this point, Jesus stopped and said, call him. This man has shown faith. I can't continue. This man has shown faith that he believed in me and he knows who I am. Then I can't pass him by. I want to say to somebody this evening, God will not pass you by. Well, this evening, depending on where you are. So I want to say, God will not pass you by in the name of Jesus Christ as you call on him this, this, this moment. So Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man. Cheer up on your feet. He is calling you. Listen, 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 listen. The Bible said, so they called the blind man. They, they. Now, the same people that was clustering around him, that was following him, when the attention of Jesus had been drawn by this man, and he now sent a message. Then they called on him. Maybe two or three out of the crowd went and they called this man. Listen, I want to show you something here. These people actually serve as mediators. <laughs> so Jesus gave them the work. They went and gave to the man. They came back to Jesus and they said to Jesus, yes, we have spoken to him. He is coming. Mediators. Now, yet, these people may not have touched the power of Christ. May you not be serving Christ as a mediator, someone that brings others to Christ, but you never experiences the power of God. He will bring others, they will explain God's power, why you don't touch him. We are, can actually mediate in bringing people that will experience salvation and healing, but I want you to know that it's also good that you yourself will also have experienced his power and touch. Don't just be someone that is mediating, bringing people, and then you don't touch his power and not experience his power. No, it's not good. So these people now called him 
and they said to him, can you imagine what they said? Cheer up. To them, they believe, if the master has given you attention, just forget it. Your case is settled. Cheer up. And then the man followed, throwing, the Bible says, throwing his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. When he came, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Check, look, look, look. Did you notice something here? He didn't pray for this man again. That's what I tell you before. By that name, he called Jesus, son of David. Through that name, he showed his faith in Christ. He showed, he believed that this is the Messiah. This is the one that Father God promised the Jews. He knew. So Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. You have put faith in me. I want to tell you, we are talking about Christ the healer. Don't forget the things I shared earlier, the anointed one. The one that God has put his you know, seal of approval. The one that God has anointed to heal, anointed to deliver. He is the one we are going to call upon this, this moment. And I want to tell you, if he didn't disappoint Blaine Batemos, he will not disappoint you in the name of Jesus Christ. Can I hear a better amen? He will not disappoint you. So he said, go, Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. You see, he joined the crowd now. But you see, he has had the touch of Christ. I believe that this man will be a better witness because he has experienced the touch of Jesus in his life. I want to prophesy to somebody this moment. You will experience the touch of Jesus in your life in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So you see, the, the, the healing ministry of Jesus, you know, when he was physically here on earth. Now, my time is running. I want to quickly also show you the second dimension. Now, in the second dimension, you see, you know, Jesus healed us through his redemptive work. Now, through his redemptive work, he healed us. Now, this is for believers in Christ. The Bible now says he took our infirmities. I want us to look at the scriptures. Isaiah 53, verses 1 to 5. Isaiah 53, verses 1 to 5. I will fast now. My time is running. Isaiah 53, verses 1 to 5. Now, it says, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Verse 4, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By his wounds we are healed. So he took our infirmities. He carried our infirmities. Now, don't forget, in the Old Testament, there is this goat that is called the scapegoat that the high priest will have to lay his hand on, confess the sins of the nation, and they will lead the, the goat outside the camp and then out of the city. Now, the sins of the whole nation is being transferred on the goat, and the goat will carry it and move outside the, the, the city. Now, Jesus also was crucified outside the city. Now, but before he moved out, there are so many things that happened. Now, from the day he was arrested, remember, he knew no sin. But our sins were put on him. Our iniquities were laid on him. So our iniquity was actually put or laid on him. So from the day he was arrested, 
he discovered that he began to suffer. There are so many things he suffered. Number one is that he suffered hunger. From the day he was arrested, he never ate anything. He never drank anything. Now, you also notice that he received stripes. They gave him 39 stripes. That battered his body. That actually, you know, wounded him so much that we can't, you can't behold him. You can't look, set your eyes on him. There's no beauty actually to record at all in him, with him. So he, he was actually wounded. Now, and it happened because sin is one thing that brings sickness. Now, once there is sin in your body, according to in Old Testament, you discover that when people sin, it now gives room for sickness to come. The flesh, the body would have to suffer it. So now that he was made sin, according to the book of Corinthians, now it becomes, you know, uh, it becomes um, necessary that he also should carry the sicknesses, our sicknesses. So by that stripes, his body was wounded. Now it was done for our sake. So he took it away. He took it, he carried it. By his stripes, we are healed. Now meaning, that as many as give their life to Jesus, that just like in the same way that he took our sin, our sin, he knew no, no sin was made sin, and their iniquity was put on him. In the same way, your sickness, my sickness, and the sickness in the whole world was also placed on him. He took it away. That those who are in him will know no sickness, that we will not suffer it anymore. So through his redemptive work, we are also here. And I want to show you something in Peter. Now, take note. The Bible said in Isaiah that by his wounds, we are healed. But look at this, the way Peter puts it in First Peter chapter 2. Look at how Peter put it quickly, 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 before we pray now. First Peter chapter 2, from verse 23. I read quickly. 2 from verse 23. He said, when they heard their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who does this justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Look at the way Peter puts it. Past tense. Isaiah said, you are healed. You know, present continuous, you are healed. Isaiah saw it as the prophet. And then he saw it as something that was happening when he was, God was living it to him. So he said, you are healed. But Peter said, you were healed. In King James Version, you were. NIV said, you have been healed. Past tense. Now, Peter is, was speaking after the death and resurrection of Jesus. After he had already received the stripes. After he had received it. So he put it in past tense. Meaning that it was that day that Jesus received those stripes that our sicknesses was taken away from us. So, but any day you put your faith in Christ, you are actually qualified to be a partaker of these uh, you know, blessings and of these healing that comes from God. So by his stripes, we we are, we have been healed. Listen, you know, this is a letter to each, uh, you know, to believers. Peter wrote to them. And they want you to know that they may be in the congregate church, having a fellowship, when this letter will be read for them for the first time. Now, just imagine that you were there and you were sick in your body. And uh, this letter was being read from chapter one, chapter two. And when it came to chapter two, to this verse, and then as you are listening, the, what the word says is that by his stripes, you have been healed. I want you to imagine how you react. Now, what he's saying to you, though you are sick, hear me now. By his stripes, you have been healed. Now, I expect that somebody in that congregation will quickly look at me and say, what? What is the word of God saying? 
So he's saying that I have been healed. Now, from that moment, it's expected that the person should rise up in faith and then begin to resist sickness and say, ah, I have received the truth. I have had the truth. And then the truth has been revealed to me. The truth is that I have been healed. Listen to me, if you're a child of God and you are listening to the sound of my voice, I want to tell you, if you're a believer in Christ, that you have been healed. The day you receive salvation, the day you gave your life to Jesus and salvation came, can I tell you, that actually was the very day also your healing came. That was also, listen, Jesus didn't come to pay the price of our healing differently or separately. No, no, no. All of them happened at the same time. So it's expected that as you receive salvation, that healing also will be part of the packages, part of the inheritance of the saints that God has promised to us. So we, we are healed. We, we are healed. I'm talking about the three dimensions of the healing ministry of Jesus. So this is where the word of God now heals us. The Bible says he sent for this word and we are healed. So as you receive the word of God and you retouch the spirit of the world, it's expected that healing should manifest in your life by his stripes. And I say to somebody this evening, by his stripes, you have been healed, whatever the sickness may be. Now, lastly, before we pray, the third dimension. Now, if you look at the Bible, the scripture, you discover like in Mark 16, 17, the Bible talks about, it said, the believers in Christ, that we shall lay our hands on the sick and they shall recover. It said, this sign shall follow them that believe in Christ. They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall, the sick will shall recover. Now, you see here, Christ here now is now healing people through believers. You see, it's the same Christ. But now he heals people through believers. And then you also see in 1 Corinthians 12, from verses 7 and uh, verses 7 to 9, you also read there, talking about the gift of healing. You know, I want to I want to also read that. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Now, verse 7. It said, Now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one that is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge uh, by, by means of the same Spirit, to another uh, faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healing, to another gift of healing by that one Spirit. So you see here that there are also believers that God anoints, anointed them with the gift of healing. And that is to minister to the body of Christ. To minister now look at verse seven now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good for the common good of for the common good of all the believers now god knows there are so many young converts that are so at times enemy will attack devil will attack the believers the children with sickness he has also provided the solution he also have kept inside among brethren people gifted People that have anointed, just like God anointed it, He has also anointed some people with this power to heal, so that others will receive from it, others will be blessed from it. So, if there is sickness among us, God has also positioned some people among us in the church, among believers, through them that He will also manifest His healing power. So, you can see the third dimension. So, through believers, some believers that He has given the gift you see him also doing the work. Now, remember the first one, Mark 16. That one is to all that believe. So you can also pray for the sick if you're a child of God. But in this Corinthians, there are people that he, 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 he anoints them. He gives them this gift and then position them to actually heal people. These are people that are gifted in the ministry of healing to heal people in the church and everywhere. Then in James 5, also, you see, the Bible says, is there anyone sick among you? If anyone is sick, let him call the elders and let the elders, you know, you know, pray for him. And then anointing with oil. He said, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. 
So there you see also the elders can come together and lay their hands on the sick and then declare healing for the sick person and healing will happen. So I want to let you know now that Jesus Christ now is everywhere. Can I tell you, Jesus is right there with you. Jesus is living inside of your heart as a believer. Listen to me, you carry Christ in your inside and he will heal you. He's willing to heal you. He is willing to heal you. He's not far from where you are. I want you to know that. So brethren, having actually heard or listened to this message, I want you to know that God confirms, according to the scriptures, he confirms his word with signs and wonders. Can, listen to me. This word has come to you this moment for a purpose. This word has come to you because God has determined to do something tangible in your life. He has sent this word to you because he wants you to be free from that sickness, from that satanic oppression. He sent for this word and they were healed. Now, the word of God has come to you. The word of God has come to you. Now, I want you at this moment, having had the word, I want you to begin to respond to the word of God you have heard. Now, if you are sick in your body, I want you to call on the name of the Lord. Remember the man we talk about, Bartimaeus. He called on Jesus. Though many were, you know, clustering around him, but this man singled himself out and said, no, I know he's the Messiah. I know he's the anointed one. He called on him and said, no, I will miss my opportunity. I want you to know that you cannot afford to miss this opportunity. So I want you to open up your mouth and begin to call on God for healing. Now, having also heard that by his tribes, you are healed, you have been healed. Through the redemptive work on the cross of Calvary, he has taken away, he took away our sicknesses. He took away our infirmities. I want to tell you, that sickness is not there anymore. He has taken it away. And I want you to believe that and begin to resist. Some of us, as you are led by the Spirit, I want you to begin to resist. If that is how you are led to pray, begin to say no to that sickness. Begin to resist it and begin to say, no, I am healed. I have been healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. So you cannot be in this body. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you cannot be here. What is it that the light and darkness have in common? What is it that the temple of God and that of Belial, what do they have in common? Therefore, you cannot be here as the Lord had taken you away. So I resist you in my body. I reject you in my body. Scripture says somewhere that he is the health of our countenance. So resist it now, reject it now, and command that sickness to leave you. Command that infirmity to leave you. So I want you, I hope you are praying, seriously resisting and rejecting. The Bible said that you shall resist the devil and he shall flee from you. Now, resist the sickness. Resist the infirmities. Command the infirmities out of your body. Command it and resist it. Now, as you are led, like I said earlier, you need to call on God and then call on him like blind veterans and then ask him to respond to you. Ask him. Lord of the land and Lord of the sea.